Welcome to Wizard Boys, the podcast where two grown men vent their wizard-haunted brains for your amusement. Every episode, we cover a different wizard from movies, myth, or media. I'm Maxulon the Magnificent, And I'm Jordismo the Jordabulous. And today, we're going to be talking about Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So let's talk a little bit about Sabrina here. What makes her tick? What's their deal? So the witch that we call Sabrina is really an amalgamation of about 70 years of various different witches portrayed by Archie Comics and various Archie Comics cartoons and tie-ins. I'm going to talk about sort of the four main Sabrinas. The first and prime Sabrina is, of course, the Archie Comics Sabrina. She's sort of a fun-loving witch who is a kooky teen who gets into trouble with her magic and stuff. She's also the host of their horror comics line for a brief period of time, including weird stories about, like, bullies getting melted uh, and stuff like that. But for the most part, you know, she's a teen. She goes on goofy adventures, gets in trouble with her magic, weird shit happens. It's their excuse to, like, write weird magical stuff with kind of whatever they want. It was sort of coming out around the same time as your uh, I Dream of Genie and Bewitched sort of thing. So it was sort of part of that same genre. Yeah. In the most recent comics lines of her, there's sort of like two main, two main, what's the word I'm looking for? Versions. Versions, lines, two main ongoing comics, you know. They would, they sort of break down into horror Sabrina and goofy teen Sabrina. My personal preference is goofy teen Sabrina because I just like reading about goofy teens and goofy teens with magics especially. Horror Sabrina is her own brand of also very cool. Um, and that's sort of like RG Comics has split in their current like weird renaissance they're having. So I'm not super familiar with horror Sabrina all that much. Is she still goofy and horrific or is it just like pure horror? It varies. It varies. It is impossible for an Archie Comics book to be written without some goofy humor. Like, it's so hard-coded into the DNA of these, you know, characters that you can't really avoid it. Like, in Jughead the Hunger, where Jughead's a werewolf who's, like, eating people. But his name is still Jughead, so... Still, his name is still Jughead. He still craves burgers. It's still, like, kind of goofy and fun, even though you watch Reggie Mantle get literally torn apart, you know? Oh, no. Um, In The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, there, yeah, there's, like, horrible, like, demons and Satans and... All sort of stuff like that, but there's still some goofy humor. It's just way more in the background, and the chilling stuff's more in the foreground. And in the classic, like, digest, it's all, like, goofy humor. There's actually, in in the most recent Jughead line, which I really love, the uh, Jughead by Chip Zarsky, um, Jughead and Sabrina go briefly on a couple of dates before Jughead realizes that he wasn't really attracted to Sabrina. He was attracted to, she was uh, dressed as the mascot of a burger place, so she was a burger with sexy girl legs. And that, like, got his... His food and sex drives all mixed up, but if you know Jughead, you know it's all food drive. Oh, man. He has an extended dream sequence where he imagines starting a life in a family with an anthropomorphic burger, and it's incredible. I I love it. I'm thinking of like a female Mayor McCheese kind of thing going on? Uh, No, it's just like a burger with like arms and legs. No face, just a burger with arms and legs. Oh. I mean, she's like wearing a burger costume, you know. Does he eat the burger? Or just make in, love to In the to fantasy? It? He, he makes love to the burger. It's, well, it's, it's implied that he makes love to the burger because they have a burger baby. Oh. Wow, this is... 
Oof. challenging content. Oof. Dude, if you're I, not reading the Archie Comics Renaissance, you are missing out. It is incredible. Apparently, I am missing out on some serious whiz biz. I, I thought usually a wizard, you know, you make an owl and a bear together, but this is oh. just way weirder. Well, this is before he even finds out that it's Sabrina and that she has magic powers. This is literally just the meat cute where he gets all flustered and runs away after sh- just shouting, I'm Jughead at her. Oh, Turns out that, oh, Sabrina and Jughead figures out he doesn't really, he's not really interested in a romantic thing. He just loves burgers. And Sabrina gets her heart broken and curses him and stuff like that, you know. Oh, no. You can't just curse people because no one wants to be your burger sugar daddy. In her defense, like, it was a way worse curse than she meant it to be. And also she was, like, new in town and, like, she liked Jughead and she thought Jughead liked her back. It's supposed to be just a little curse. Just a little curse. But, yeah. It's it's definitely the case of like just wizards having no sense of right or wrong kind of. So that's that's the Archie Comics version of Sabrina, which is a lot of things to a lot of people, and it's sort of grown and changed through this like I Dream of Genie kind of like bewitched kind of figure through like this more humanized character, and and has sort of jumped up and down in age over the years. Why does Jughead wear a crown all the time? Do you know? That was actually, I do know. That was a popular um, thing for people to – for, like, young men to do at the time when Jughead was invented. It was called a – it's called a whoopee cap is what it's called. You take a fedora. You cut up the brim. You uh, fold it up. It was a thing, like, started with factory workers. And it sort of caught on with young men. And um, then you just put badges on it. And it's huh. called a whoopee cap. Yeah. I've, I've seen the like crown on other people, but only yeah. – God. Yeah. I'm doing a Google. Yep. I'm doing a Google right now, and this is... Huh. Yeah. Well, that's... Jughead is my favorite Archie Comics character by far, by the way. I love Jughead. Oh. I I would kill for Jughead. I would die for Jughead. But, but Maxilon, Jughead's not a wizard. <sighs> I know. I mean, Sabrina is close, and for a long time, Sabrina was in the lead for my favorite Archie Comics character. But I don't know, man. Jughead just speaks to me on this deep, visceral level. Yeah, I mean, I understand really loving burgers. Yeah. I, too, burgers are good. really love burgers. God, I want a burger right now. I would like a burger right now. But unfortunately, we're all on lockdown. We can't just go get burgers. Jughead would have put ketchup on his hand and slapped buns on either side by now, you know? At one point, Jughead makes a food, like, duplicate of himself, a sculpture of himself made out of food that he calls Grubhead. That he then eats. Oh, I mean, one time I made a duplicate out of myself, of myself made out of dirty clothes stuffed into other dirty clothes with a bag face. And his name was Trollface Bagman. So, yeah, you understand Jughead at, at the core. I guess. I mean, it's not made out of food, which is really You've his. made a rough homunculus out of yourself. You get it. What? Well, actually, my friends made the homunculus out of things in my room. And then when I came home after not being home for like three days, they left it on the couch that was in my room, and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> That's pretty good. So I was just like, "What is, what is this?" And it's I, troll face Pac-Man. It's troll face Pac-Man, and uh, I was very scared, and I did not peed. I did pee pooped. a little bit, just a little bit. I peed and pooped myself entirely. All of my fluids came out. Mm. I'm lucky to be alive because sometimes you need. You need, need those you need those fluids. Speaking of fluids, this is not the only, you know, portrayal of Sabrina. 
Uh, she's got a fairly fluid portrayal. Yeah, uh, we've uh, got we've got a few live action shows as well. We got the classic '90s to early 2000s series, the live action sitcom with the incredible Salem Puppet Cat. Yeah, who was also um, Norb from Angry Beavers and a radio host of sports games that was actually relatively famous. Hi, sorry about that. We were having some mild magical difficulties. We are back now. That should all be fixed. So we're going to hop back in at where we were in the conversation. I, mean, I think you mean apparate back in. I did mean that. Thank you, George Ismail. That's mm. one wizard point to you. Ah. But anyway, we were talking about the various TV versions of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So um, there was a very popular 90s to 2000 Sabrina with uh, our favorite Salem the Talking Cat. And uh, I mean, Salem is in many things. He doesn't talk in all of them. But in that one, he very much did. Well, in all of them, Sabrina can understand him. So there's this live-action series uh, starring Melissa Joan Hart, very popular, runs for many years. It actually spawns a series of spin-off novels, which is what I read as a kid. I actually haven't watched much of the live-action TV show, but I have read the first 30 or so of the novels in that series. So let me ask you this. So I am not familiar with the novels, but I have read the TV sh- or watched the TV show. Mm-hmm. Are they aliens in the novels? I don't believe they are aliens in the novels. There is an, uh, there's another dimension they go to in the novels. Drell is featured pretty heavily in the and novels. Drell's in there. So in the TV show, there's the other dimension, the Far Realm, I believe it's called. And it's specifically that they are in another part of the galaxy. It's not another dimension. It's just that there's like a wormhole of some a magical wormhole that links this dimension that's there or here to them. And witches and warlocks are said to have, I'm doing air quotes with my hands now, come to Earth. And also they do have spaceships. Really? They do have magical spaceships. Um, They use one of them to fly into, um, I don't remember her name, but uh, Sabrina's rival character. They shrink it down, um, they fly into her, yeah, they fly into Libby's nose and they get into her brain and they make her move around like a little puppet. That's delightful. Being in her brain. So they don't have that in the novels. In the novels, it's explicitly a magical realm. There are various dimensions. There's one very powerful witch that has – Cersei shows up in one of the novels and has her own pocket dimension of – that's like a magical New York City with like cat people and shit. Yeah, um, which should is do a thing about Cersei at some point. Really good. We should put, put Cersei on the document. I think she is on the document. She is on the document, yes. So there's a thing where like they describe putting up uh, magical defenses as like as like being in Star Trek, you say shields up to make your magical shields and stuff like that in the books, all sorts of things. But it's it's basically the TV, live action TV show, but with a slightly more coherent mythology. Yeah, the live action TV show has almost no coherent mythology at all. I mean, sometimes... Characters will do things, and then they'll get in trouble with it by wizard law, which is like a big thing mm-hmm. in the car- in the TV show. Yeah. But sometimes they'll do the same thing, and you're like, well, well where's wizard law now? Oh, I guess they didn't notice. Um, and basically, they can do anything. There's no wizard double jeopardy. You can't be tried for the same crime twice. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't like that. I know. It's bad, got a bad mouth feel. Uh, yeah, the books are a little more coherent. They have like a not an ongoing storyline exactly, but stuff from one book will affect the next. They are like heavily based. Like they assume that you've watched the entirety of the Sabrina TV show, and they'll like oh, reference wow. stuff from the TV show, like the time that she met the Beatles, or the time that she went to witch boot camp and had a a book shaped like a boot. You know, what about like the that? time when she met the guys from Car Talk? 
and then use the spell to turn her car into a talking car, literally. I haven't seen that episode, but that is incredible. Yeah, it's it's just I just pure wanted to mention that one. Goofy bonkers like adventure. adventures. Where Sabrina gets herself in trouble using her magic and then gets herself out by learning a life lesson. Classic sitcom. Which is then ignored for the next episode. Not a lot of villainy in that one. The yeah. the main prote- or antagonist is that she doesn't know how to use magic right. But her magic is still very powerful. It's not that she's bad at it. It's just that she doesn't follow the rules or the fine print. And in this universe that she is from, wizarding is all like bastard genie rules for everything. Yeah. It's all like if you don't consider the implications, you get fucked. And it will it will fuck you over every time. You have to be so specific with magic. That's pretty much it. And there's also the like cheerleader antagonist, Libby, who in the books actually at one point steals Sabrina's powers when Sabrina gets a magical cold and sneezes her powers into Libby. Well, and then happens. Libby goes and sneezes on Drell, who is the like king wizard, who has the most uh, powerful wizard powers, and he sneezes his powers into her, and then she becomes, you know, queen witch turbo bastard, uh, and like creates a magical mall and enslaves all of Sabrina's friends magically. In the TV series, she does a, a spell where she tries to make Libby's parents super jealous of her, I believe, and mm-hmm. then the parents have a wish, and then they wish that their daughter could be like Sabrina, and then she gets all of her powers. That's not Libby. That's her oh. friend, who is the nebbish nerd, actually, who gets Sabrina's powers. I have seen that episode. I remember that episode because when she does go to visit what's-her-name's parents... Uh, like their son, they have him wearing a helmet to chew food to be extra careful. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> but that's that's Archie Comics, too, is like anyone in any Archieverse is just this exaggerated caricature. Everyone, no exceptions. If you've watched Riverdale, even their dark and gritty Archie with murders, like they've got a gang called the Snakes who literally hiss at people. It's fantastic. Huh. I love Archie Comics. I, I've heard. So... The next version of Sabrina is the darker uh, live-action series, which is still ongoing at this time. Um, Actually, no. The next version of Sabrina is the Sabrina the Teenage Witch cartoon. Oh, I thought that we were using that as part of the same canon as the the one we were just talking about, because it's still based on the same show, right? Um, It is and isn't. It is and isn't. Um, Okay. There's, like, Hilda and Zelda are different. Like, the mythos is different. It's more like... Classical high wizardry when you look at the witch realm and stuff like that. And the char- and the various supporting all. characters are all different, but they're still, like, basically either counterparts or just younger versions. Why don't you tell me about that? So her rival in the cartoon is called Crystal. She's a rich girl. She's not a cheerleader. In the cartoon, they're de-aged down to, like, 12 or 13 years old as opposed to 16 or 17 or 18 in the live-action TV show. In the live-action um, TV show, when it ended, they were 28. Dear They actually Lord. had a problem because uh, they wanted to stop calling it Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but the Archie comic people refuse to allow them to change the name. Well, that's their branding. And it's also really hard to change the name of a TV show and have people still tune in. They wanted to, like, make it a spinoff. Okay, I can see that. And it's just going to be called Sabrina. <laughs> Sabrina the what? Sabrina just the what? Sabrina the witch? Sabrina. Just mm. Sabrina. No. I don't, I don't, it doesn't have the same ring to it. Well, that's why they said no. Archie Comics was right. I've said it before and I'll say it again. So in the in the cartoon, there's Crystal as her rival there. She has a new cast of, like, friends. She's still dating Harvey, but Harvey is de-aged down to, like, a little kid. Like, same 12 or 13. She always is dating a Harvey. Harvey is the constant throughout all of her lives. Yeah. Um, except for the ones where she dates Jughead or Archie, but those are comics. Well, in you know. the TV shows, they break up for, like, three seasons, and she actually gets engaged to someone else. And then at the very last episode, 
Harvey shows back up and le- leaves with her at her wedding. Wow. Um, apparently there was going to be a whole series, another season about Harvey getting like back into her life, but they didn't get greenlit for the season. So then they just had him show up and they're like, the end. <laughs> and then they get married instead. Wow. Fucked up. And uh, there's also an episode in that, which I remember, where she's still in love with Harvey, but she wants to like move on and date this other guy whose name mm-hmm. I don't remember. And she has to miniaturize herself and go into her own body, like a going into your own body adventure, find her heart, and then kill Harvey in the heart so that she no longer loves him. <laughs> God, it's such incredible bullshit. I love it. She doesn't get the whole thing, though. She only gets she... like three-fourths of Harvey out. Oh, no. Like getting a tapeworm. <laughs> he grows back into her, and that's what ruins her wedding later. Oh, brutal so in the in the cartoon it's it's high fantasy hijinks into cartoons their budget is essentially infinite so they get into way crazier shit and also salem has a bigger part because he's not just a puppet i really want it i want like a salem based cartoon where like he's like i wanted a cartoon that was like salem is the main villain and it takes place a hundred years before where he's trying to become a wizard fascist yeah yeah where he's trying to become wizard hitler which was basically and the best part is hill in in the tv show at least which is one i'm most familiar with is hilda is a member and like her his number two in his cult because she assumed he would win that's why he has to live with her because he's he's banished with her and her job is to keep him dewormed until his sentence is up oh my god until eventually uh, they get him out of it because I think he saves the world or something. And then he becomes uh, Sabrina's official familiar at that point. So she, he moves in with her when he moves out of the house. She moves out of the house. But they don't turn him back into a human. He's just still a cat. He's, he has to be a cat for 100 years. That's apparently in, in the TV show. The only crime punishments that they have is they just turn you into an animal for X amount of years. For pretty much everything that goes wrong. That, that sounds like wizard law. God. You can't do anything straightforward, wizards. Because why would you? You've got incredible cosmic power. Doing things straightforwardly is for idiots and chumps. Yeah, and not to mention magic just doesn't work that way. It's always always ironic and cruel. (sighs) I know. I love it. So the cartoon, fairly much, pretty much the same lines as the TV show, just a bit different. Then there is Sabrina's most recent television show, which is Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Which I have now watched three episodes of. Fresh I watched the, the mind. I've watched more. I've watched the whole first season. I, I need to catch up. It's fan, it's a great show. There's like three good. seasons out. I like it. It's a, a lot more uh, grim. A lot more actual Satan is involved. Yeah. In this, witches are explicitly served Satan, who is Satan's a character like in the show. Not a good guy. He seems mm. like kind of a dick. Well, he's Satan. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I kept on thinking to myself, they can't make Satan that bad because, you know, these guys are the main characters and we can't hate them. They're like, nope, Satan's a super dick. And I was like, maybe there's a twist later. There hasn't been so far. There is no twist. Satan is evil. Here are some major spoilers for Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah. Uh, sorry, everyone listening. If you want to skip over this, just keep skipping until I'm not talking about this anymore. Yeah, skip over right on to the next episode if you don't want spoilers. Sorry. So Sabrina eventually Satan corners her and tricks her, and she ends up yes signing her soul away, uh, but like going to the e Satan High and that kind of a thing. Yeah, they um, already just agreed to go into Satan High right now. Yeah, and like at first it's like a back and forth thing, and eventually she 
goes fully over. By season three, she's like the queen of hell. <laughs> All sorts oh. of stuff. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, it's very cool. In the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina thing, the way the magic works is it's a lot more Satan-powered, it's a lot more sinister, it's all by bastard genie rules. And on top of that, they all seem to be priests of some sort. They are basically in a, in a, in a Satan cult. They're all Satanists. Did you know, you saw the thing where they got they got sued by the actual Church of Satan. Yes. And then the Church of Satan was like, no, it's okay, you can use our symbol, symbols because we like, we like your show. So I thought it was funny. <laughs> they were like, oh no, you can't use that. Those are all copyrighted images. They were made in the last 50 years. They're like, oh... And then they're like, actually, watch your show. We think it kicks ass. You can keep using them. <laughs> Every time I hear about actual Satanists, I'm like, these guys are pretty cool. They're pretty great. <laughs> they're pretty great. So, yeah, there's like a whole convoluted storyline and plot line. Uh, they all run off of Satan magic. They can resurrect other witches. Like, death has no hold over them. Yeah, they just come back to life whenever they want to. Well, no, there's like a ritual you have to go through. It's I don't not... know. Hilda got killed in the garden by a rock yeah there's a special patch it's basically they, they bury her in the same patch of dirt where Cain killed Abel that, that happens to be back. in America yeah fuck it oh yeah okay yeah so you can just bring witches back to life if you try and bring humans back to life you have to pay a price but witches you can just fucking murder the Spellmans must be like that is like hot property to have that oh, yeah. just in your backyard they must yeah, be so like Sabrina's dad was like the the head of the church yeah, he of was, Satan, he was basically. Pope Witch. He was Pope Witch. He was evil Pope Witch. Um, and so they there there's a lot of like power that the Spellmans have because of that. They want to like get taken away. There's all these like witch politics in the uh, ABC TV show. Witches and such were basically unkillable. Like um, Zelda gets stabbed right through the chest by a pirate and just doesn't care. They reference being hung or burned at the stake, and they're just like, oh yeah, I just had to fake my death for like. 10 minutes and then i just left afterwards that's held up in the comic books too and i one of the things i love in the old tv show is that the standards of beauty are totally inverted for witches as well oh yeah they run on monsters uh monsters Monsters logic exactly they're like oh look at our awful smooth skin i miss being all warty and green well it's also the case when i'm watching the new series and they're like Oh, yes, and welcome to Witch Court and your dishonor and your evilness. I'm just like, oh, yeah. it's, it's one of these places, huh? It's all, it's all kooky magic mirror logic, which I love, man. I love bizarro logic where it's all based on being a twisted reflection of something else. But if you Wizard actually court. think about it, it makes no fucking sense. In Witch Court, you're guilty before being proven innocent. You're mm. dishonor. <laughs> and you're allowed to lie as much as you want. In fact, telling the truth is, is forbidden. <laughs> Whoa, okay. It's no basis for a legal system. (laughs) Doesn't work. Not at all. Yeah, so essentially there are basically two Sabrinas. There's Goofy Sabrina, in which case she's basically powered by fantasy uh, bloodline alien magic, where Mm -hmm. she is basically a different race than human, and it is passed down by blood, and she is half witch, half human. And then there's Chilling Adventures Sabrina, where she is part demon and and part human. And, and like powered by worshipping Satan. Yeah, powered by evil Satan magic, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, that's basically what we got. So, why don't we move on to the next uh, section here. Worst enemy here? We, I think we've gotten through their life stories. Let's talk about I some worst enemies. I would say Sabrina's worst enemy is the bastard genie that powers all of the irony. Yeah, magic. exactly. Sabrina's worst enemy is her own magic. Yeah. Because it just complicates and ridiculizes her life. Because nothing works the way that you would want it to. I wonder if in Sabrina World spell books they can just magic anything they want by saying something that rhymes essentially and pointing and pointing i'm wondering if spell books 
are actually like just really rhyming specific rhyming yeah. words. No, no, no. I'm thinking like really specific rhyming words that have like a million witch lawyers have looked at to be like, all right, this is perfect. It does exactly what you want it to do. Well, explicitly it's spelled out in a lot of the Sabrina like um, books and in the show that it's also a matter of visualization and you can't leave cracks in that visualization. You have to have the confidence to know what you want. Uh, and yeah. sometimes you can just get, for example, you can get like a sweet, there's a book where her cousin comes and her, her cousin is like a real bastard and she's got these yeah, sweet she's magic, in, um, she's in magic, the TV show too. magic shields where if you try and cast magic on her, it reflects the back and Sabrina has to learn how to do that so that her cousin will stop like stealing her man. Yeah. That, that cousin is in the show too. She starts off being like, I'm a full blood witch. So my magic is so much better and it just doesn't work on her. And she's just a real a real terrible person, but then eventually they become friends. Yeah, that is how like teen sitcoms work. Is like I'm a I'm a real piece of shit, and then like two seasons later we're best friends. I don't know. I think Libby just is terrible all the time, right? Oh yeah, Libby. Libby's purpose is to be terrible and eventually eat shit in every episode. I, I also want to throw out this: is that um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Kim Possible are the same show, just one without spy magic and the other one with actual magic. Oh yeah. That kind of adds up. I used to have a theory about Clarissa Explains It All and Sabrina the Teenage Witch being that uh, Sabrina was the fever imaginations of Clarissa when she was going through an especially bad flu. Maybe. Clarissa was sort of a dork, right? Yeah, she was a big dork. She I liked do, Clarissa a she lot. She could do programming. That's true. She made a lot of she video games. She had, like, games. outfits. Yeah. And she wore, like, weird outfits, very 90s. And, and, and Salem was just her uh, fever dream uh, version of Ferguson, her little brother who tormented her. Maybe. I don't know. I was thinking more of a Sam because, you know, Ferguson isn't cool and Salem is cool. Sal- no, he's not. Salem's a dork. What, what Salem is cool, man? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's just – I think he's cool. Look, he's I love Salem. sandwiches and he talks like this. Oh, <laughs> So, Jordan, I want you to take a second and re-examine the things you've just said. He's a different kind of dork than Ferguson. Than Ferguson is. That's fair. That's Ferguson fair. is a lawful evil dork, while Salem is a chaotic neutral dork. He's a more heavens to Murgatroyd dork. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And he's mm-hmm. also Norm from Angry Beavers, which I really enjoyed because I watched both those shows oh. at the same time. That was a good show. Uh, so the worst enemy is the bastard genie that powers witch magic. Or in the Chilling Adventures one, her worst enemy is Satan. Yes, yeah, Satan. The enemy, the uh, the adversary. The literal enemy. I like how they're like, no one's ever beaten Satan. I was like, in this world, does God People exist? People beat Satan all the time. Well, is this a world? Because like, they're like, oh no, she also, got baptized pe- no, no, by also, if you If you watch farther into the show, people beat Satan all the time. Like there are so many guys like, you've got to find this lawyer. He's the only lawyer who's ever beaten Satan. They already Satan. did it. They did yeah. that. I just yeah. watched that episode. Yeah, there's all sorts of people who beat Satan. Satan is built up to be like a genuine threat, but also one who has gotten chumped a good number of times. I was just to say like, have you read the Bible? That's basically what happens all the time. And they're just like, uh, like everything. He's always getting chumped all the time. He's always just like, oh no, they took all these foreskins. Now I can't do anything. <laughs> Where will I put my evil seed if not under the, the top of the foreskin? Uh, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. I think that, that everyone who didn't leave because of spoilers has now left because of that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so what is Sabrina's core sadness? Um, she's kind of, uh, you know, she's got the whole half one thing, half other thing. She's trapped between two worlds. She can never see her mother in the TV series or the cartoon, because if she does, her mom will turn into a ball of wax. That's all sad. 
Yeah, that's no good. And her dad's yeah, I, dead. No, it depends on the version. Some in some shows, in some he's just an absentee father. He's definitely dead in the TV show. Um, no, he, he shows, shows up in the books of the live action TV show. In what? the new TV show, he's dead. Yeah, I thought he was dead in the other one. In the book where they go to Cersei's realm, he shows up and helps her escape Cersei's realm. Oh, he's like weird. a cool dad. Yeah, yeah. cool, cool dad. wizard dad. Wizard dad. Warlock yeah. dad. They're officially warlocks. So yeah, being caught between two worlds. Yeah, I think that's her main sadness. You know, and that's where she gets a lot of her problems from and a lot of her power from. Because the thing that makes her unique among wizards or witches is that she has this sort of more, I don't know if I want to say grounded um, sense she of ability. She has any sense has, of right or wrong. Yeah. Like all the other wizards we see have no sense of right or wrong. It is literally just, can I do it? Do I have the will? And yeah, that is how they live their lives. In every version, every other witch or wizard is just a completely amoral god. Whereas, uh, or you know, demon. Whereas yeah. in in where Sabrina is the only it. one who has like an internal moral compass, and that rubs off on like the people around her and on like her aunts and other wizards and shit. And they're like, oh, okay, maybe there's another way. But like I'm, for the most part, the majority of the witches and war- warlocks she in, in, interacts with are just like totally. I I can will it, therefore I can do it. All of you are worms beneath my heel. Yeah, I mean, they're all also super old. Even, like, Zelda and Hilda are, like, 800, and they travel yeah. through time. And they're like, oh, Rome would have been built in a day if it were for me. <laughs> history reference. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they so, do love their history reference. So here, here's another question I have for you here. Um, so uh, in that series, like, they have a whole thing, oh, she was baptized as a Catholic, and that undoes Satan's powers here. Is the Catholic Church actually considered like a, a, a competing magical thing? There's the path of light and the path of night and all that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, but it's the path of light just seems to be like a bunch of ignorant schmoes, not like any sort of actual like power. Well, here's the thing about the chilling adventures of Sabrina is if we have Satan as an explicit force in the world, that means by the flip side, a lot of stuff about, you know, uh, the, cat, the Catholic and Christian Church and, has to be uh, true, right? Has to at least have some grain of truth in it. Yeah, like it doesn't like necessarily have to work the way. Like witches could have certainly confused things and deliberately fucked things up, but it does seem to actually repel them. With by which we can infer that if there is not an actual literal god, there is some sort of opposing force to Satan. And uh, let's be honest here; it does lo- it does seem like there that is. In the construction of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, it seems to be the Christian God, which well, uh, the whole oof. point of the Christian God is that you're supposed to God is absent on Earth, and that the reason the devil is is because the devil has free will, and God like doesn't or can't sort of. So there's there's a lot to unpack there if you you want to get into your old religious studies, but eh. Well, yeah. here's the thing. Smarter men than us could do a deep dive and unpack the deeper meanings of uh, the whole Sabrina, Chilling Adventures, Satan, God, Compromise, and the things that it means and all that and do a deep read of it. But we're a couple of idiots who talk about wizards. I have a minor in religious studies. Really? Yes. Huh. Yeah. Well, do you anyway. want to get into that then? No. <laughs> well, then instead, <laughs> let's talk about what we think Sabrina's best spell is what is the best spell that you have best spell canonically and 
this can be stylish, it can be favorite, it can be most useful. But we are going to say what we think Sabrina's best spell is. Could I talk about what I think is the worst spell? You sure can. There's an episode in the TV show where um, she accidentally curses herself to have enormous boobs. <laughs> what? What? So... So that's someone's fetish episode, is what you're saying. Actually, apparently the whole TV show was considered a fetish episode. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart has a uh, thing about it. She's like, the reason Sabrina was so successful is because it it appeals to multiple demographics. Um, One of them is, you know, you have kids who like the magic stuff. You have teenagers who like the teen drama stuff. You have, like, older women who like the, you know, witchy coven stuff. And then you have dudes who we purposely put these characters into skimpy outfits all the time. And they did. Hmm. I mean... I'm just waiting to point out, in the intro of the show, is her standing in front of a mirror and magically changing her uh, outfit into, like, five different outfits every time and then saying a pun about one every single episode. Oh my god, you're right. But yeah, no, there's a thing where uh, she does some sort of curse because people, like, her aunts keep, like, borrowing her clothes. Um, yeah. Because her aunts are all like, we're new and young and with it now because we're cool now. And she's like, no, you're not. And so she does something. I don't remember what the things is, but she puts on a sweater and makes her boobs get super huge. And then she's like, no, my boobs are so big. And I looked it up on the TV tropes, and apparently there's like seven episodes where this happens. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, my innocent witch show is a fetish that I hate this. Jordismo, why have you told me this? Why have you cursed me with this knowledge? Uh, we got rid of the is this a sex thing segment, so I thought I'd need to tell you. Oh, this is going to torment me. M- minus one wizard point. This was a piece of my childhood that I was like, this is a fun, innocent thing that's kind of goofy and weird. Oh, no. Nothing is safe. Nothing is safe. Um, so I don't know about her best spells because she can basically just do whatever she wants. I'm not necessarily like, what is the best, like, oh, this is a given effect, but like, what is your favorite use of her powers? As I said, I'm, I'm mostly in the uh, the cartoon one. I did want to talk about one other thing about her spells in the TV show. One other thing. It has nothing to do with it. So the spell that she uses the most often is a memory or wiping spell that erases Harvey's memory. So she doesn't, he doesn't remember that she is a witch. Oh, yeah, and it eventually builds up and gives him, like, terrible amnesia. No, but then here's the thing. No, it builds up, and there's another thing that happens. Apparently, mortals can only take certain amounts of magic until their magic gets filled all up, and then magic doesn't work on them anymore. And at one point, Harvey has been subjected to this spell so often that the spell stops working on him and he can't be affected by magic for the whole episode, and they use him as an anti-magic shield. Just throwing that out there to, like, block spells and stuff. And he's just, like, very clueless the whole episode because he's still Harvey and still very dumb. Oh, he is a just thick as a brick. Anyway... I thought that was a clever use of magic or anti-magic, especially if you're in a world where everything is magic, having an anti-magic boyfriend is pretty handy. What do you think for best spells? I I think you should give this one a go. I'll give it a whirl. I think my favorite spell from Sabrina the Teenage Witch is there was one novel where she casts a spell that makes all superstitions real, and it shunts her into a parallel reality where all superstitions are true. So all of the sports teams, they all wear all of their clothes every time they wear, they win a game, you know, until their next game. So they basically turn into filth wizards that never change. So you can smell them coming from around the corner. 
a horseshoe wards off evil. And like everyone knows this. Students are outside on the lawn searching for four-leaf clovers before their exams. All sorts of stuff like that. Like black cats actually will curse things. And so there's a fucking pogrom out on Salem. People are just chasing him, trying to murder him. Uh, but he starts just darting in front of them and cursing them, that kind of a thing. And eventually she has to break the spell by making the football team lose their game because her magic won't, like, work correctly because of this whole weird superstition world. So she has to, like, go to these, like, devious lengths to, like, sabotage the football players and prove that the superstition is wrong and thus break her own curse. I think that's her best spell. The whole She creates an alternate reality through bastard genie logic, which happens surprisingly often on, on that show. Yeah, as I said, she can do pretty much anything. She's not really bound by, like, individual spells. No. I mean, like, keep in mind that she just refer she doesn't refer to other people as, like, non-magic users or things like that. On that show, they refer to humans as mortals, which kind of mm. has a, a certain implication to it. Yeah, they're weird immortal gods from beyond the farthest galaxy. It's incredible. So our next segment is Weirdest Adventure. What we think... Sabrina's strangest or weirdest adventure is. I've already given my two cents with her weird superstition world. Let's hear from Jordismo. So um, there's an episode where Sabrina steals Salem's spaceship mm-hmm. because they are from another dimension, as witches are, that mm-hmm. he uses to manually travel to the far realm instead of teleporting. And they mm-hmm. shrink it down into a miniature thing. It is absorbed by her rival, Libby, and they crash land in her brain. And then she can control them by poking her nerve endings. And she has to decide whether to make Libby do good things or evil things. <laughs> and that is the weirdest adventure, I think. Because it implies aliens. Wizards are aliens. Implies that you can fly up someone's nose and crash land on someone's brain. That's an interconnected system. It's just a weird episode. Also, you're doing it with a cat. They get out because she's allergic to the cat and she sneezes them out. Oh, wait, she's allergic to the cat in her brain. I, I guess. Incredible. Also, that episode's B plot is uh, Zelda is trying to date the horrible Mr. Craft teacher. Mm. She's like, mm, Mr. Craft, I enjoy your anger and logic, just like how Zelda likes it. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the great Martin Mull as Mr. Craft, the principal of the high school. He does a good job with that role. I think my vote for Weirdest Adventure is when she crosses Cersei the Sea Witch and gets thrown into her pocket dimension, which is full of half-man, half-animal hybrids in an alternate version of New York. Because what Cer- Cersei does in this universe is she basically uh, curses people to be part animals and has a whole society of them living in a pocket dimension that she rules as God. It's essentially what Cersei does in every universe. Oh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's a stylish, it's a stylish twist. Fair enough. Let's go on to the next section, which I believe is D and D and debate. What class would they be in the classic RPG Dungeons and Dragons? What I'm thinking is that we have two basic basic models of Sabrina. We have horror Sabrina and funny Sabrina. And, uh, you know, ironically, horror Sabrina is more limited in what she can do. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because if she could do whatever, you know... Um, there's no horror. Yeah. There's no horror. So let's go with the easier one first. Let's go with horror Sabrina. Yeah? All right. I can do that. Uh, so horror Sabrina. She is empowered by an evil outsider, Satan. She has a certain limited number of spells she can do which are very powerful when she does them, but can also be more limited. She can curse people, take curses off, 
do some voodoo on them, raise the dead, that kind of a thing. So I would say Horror Sabrina is either a warlock or a cleric. I'm going with cleric. I think she's maybe fifth level. So clerics in Dungeons and Dragons are divine spellcasters who are empowered by a deity, in this case, Satan. Yep. So I'm thinking she's a fifth level cleric. I'm putting her in fifth because she's powerful, but not super powerful with the arcana domain. Now, can you tell me about what the arcana domain means? The arcana domain means, one, they get to cast a few more wizardy spells than usual, um, and two, they can do things like scry, have a familiar, other things like that. She does have a familiar, a little awful goblin that's twisted into a cat that can communicate with her telepathically. I'd like to point out that that goblin looks almost exactly like a Dungeons and Dragons imp. Little whippy tail, hunched over little form, definitely an imp, and imp is on the familiar list. So that's where I'm getting that from. Uh, An imp in a cat form. It's fantastic. She does have access to higher level abilities, like the ability to literally resurrect another witch. You can do that at fifth level if they haven't died more than 10 seconds ago. (laughs) It was far more than 10 seconds. Well, does she use a special item or something to do it? She does. She uses this patch of earth, which is where Cain killed Abel. Then I feel like that, that, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think that's a fairly straightforward one. She's um, she could be a warlock as well. I think that warlock also works. Um, but warlock is really more of a fighty hybrid type class. Uh, yeah, and she doesn't do have the utility that Sabrina seems to have in the television show, and she doesn't do a lot of the things like warlock bolts uh, and all that kind of a thing. Like the warlock does a lot of direct damage flashy, and does a lot yeah, of like control spell. stuff. Yeah, and Sabrina's spells in the television show. Uh, of chilling adventures are not so flashy. They're more subtle. The, Although when they do get flashy, they are horrifying. I will say that I think that the two uh, points for Warlock is that a Warlock can be draining power from their deity or whatever without the deity's express permission. While a cleric... Which Satan explicitly tells her not to do the things she, she does with Yeah, while a cleric is sort of like if the god doesn't want you to, it depends on the edition and the setting, of course. But if a cleric is a god is like, no, stop doing that, they'll just cut you off. But in D&D also, most clerics don't want to do that because once your character or a character that is a high-level cleric is a high-level cleric, it doesn't matter who they worship. And you don't want to give up like a 10th-level cleric and then just have, you know, Steve the Dumbface god grab him and then suddenly he's got a 10th level cleric that's terrible and in chilling adventures she is explicitly like the daughter of the the, the satan the high, pope yes high pope. and she is she is like destined to be an incredibly powerful witch so satan doesn't want to give up this very powerful potential servant yeah, he's got an infinite time to get her to you know sign her soul over yeah she's like, immortal yeah yeah and he's immortal so you yeah. know exactly just a matter uh, of waiting yeah. now fun goofy sabrina I actually am not going to say is a character class at all. Oh? I am going to do the hot take that she is an outsider um, with spell-like abilities that include polymorph, time stop, time travel, dimension door, uh, and various others. Because she doesn't use any – she doesn't use the Vancean casting of spell slots. She can do them as much as she wants. Um, and again, it's powered by just bastard genie logic, which I believe, you know, would, and would be what that would kind of be. And she's explicitly an alien from another dimension in the television show. Yeah, that is definitely the case. Um, yeah. I was going to go towards, um, a sorcerer with the, uh, what is the ridiculous chaos magic thing where just random oh, goofy a shit wild happens mage. all the time? Wild mage. Yeah. But put her like real high level, 20th, you know, 
Mm-hmm. But then, you know, just really crank up the wild magic stuff where it's like nothing ever works the way I want it to, but it's very powerful. But I actually think that your uh, out hake is uh, it's going to be a better one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, so stack some outsider the, levels on there. She's basically the, a genie. Yeah, she's basically a genie with with another different genie dictating the outcome of her powers. Who might be Satan? Quite possibly, if the Witchfinders are any judge. Which also, the whole thing of Witchfinders in the TV series, we haven't touched on. They're mortals, but they have the ability to depower witches and turn them into things, I think. What do they turn them into? When you say things, you mean like a chair? I think it was something stupid. Like, because this is friend of Harvey. If oh, Should a witch reveal herself to a witch hunter, she is condemned to spend the next century as a mouse. Is it the witch hunter that does it, or is it ridiculous magical law that turns them into a... It is the witch hunter gene. Oh, man, this is some midichlorian shit. It really is. It's best not to delve too greedily or too deep, but we can probably assume that this is a rival race of aliens from beyond the farthest galaxy that interbred with mortals. Um, in this uh, universe also, I do want to throw out that vampires exist as well and are totally immune to magic. So they are another alien race. I don't know why I want to say it, but it was one of the things that I learned in my research and I wanted to say it. I get it, man. I get it. You can edit it out later. <laughs> so now it's time to rate this wizard. I want you to rate that wizard. I want you to rate that wizard. Yeah. So tell me about him. Yes, we rate a wizard based on several criteria. Their hat, their beard, their magic, and their digs. However, this is a lady wizard, and it should be considered unfair to rate the beard of a lady wizard, unless they have a really nice beard, in which case we would. So in this case, we will mark our beard category as N-A, not applicable, and it will neither count towards nor against her. We tried to find a secondary solution for beard for lady wizards. Lady wizards are just much more varied than dude wizards. Dude wizards just fall into like two or three tropes. But lady wizards are pretty much all over the place. So There's a whole galaxy of lady wizard. So let's talk about this wizard's hat. She doesn't really wear a hat very often. When she does, it's the traditional like witch hat. Although sometimes, you know, she dresses up in outfits, but that's not her wizard outfit, her witch outfit. Every once like in a, a while. A, what is it called? A bow thing. Uh, she does wear a bow, a headband all the time, which is not really wizardly. But it is her iconic sort of headgear is this headband. It doesn't give a big magic vibe. It, it does look good. It is iconic. Like you can recognize her based on that part of her design, uh, even if a lot else changes. But I wouldn't call it a wizard hat. So I'm going to give her it – is a, it is a headgear. It is iconic. I'm going to give her two cantrips out of 13 for her hat. That's where I was going with two. You know, it still is a hat. It is a part of her iconic character design. Doesn't really do a lot for the wizardy, but, you know, and she's got cool hair. It's white. Yeah. No, her hair is great. She's super styling, but it's not a wizard hat. And it's not a witch hat either, which is part of, you know, her whole thing of being half human, half witch. And that works for her. But two out of 13 cantrips is really all I can give in good conscience. Now that's where I'm at here, too. Um, so let's look at her magic. Now, um, Sabrina is pretty much all-powerful in in many ways. She's immortal. She can twist the laws of reality to her whim. There's pretty much no limits on what she can do, except for, again, bastard genie rules. 
Which I actually think makes her magic more interesting. If she could just do whatever she wanted. There'd be no dramatic tension at all. And it would be very boring. It was just like, oh, cool, this person's being a bully. I'll brainwash them into not being a bully. Although then it would you know, bring up a whole lot of thorny ethical issues. I mean, you could go into your brain and then make them not be a bully and then bring up ethical issues. That happened in the spaceship episode. It did. <laughs> it did happen. Uh, but because of the bastard genie logic of it, you know, I do think that takes some points off because she can't fully control it and she has to be really careful with it, right? I was going to go with 11 out of 13 on this. I think 11 out of 13 is fair. Incredibly powerful, difficult to control. Yeah, that'll do it for me. Now let's look at uh, Sabrina's digs. Uh, the digs are where the wizard lives. How nice is it? Sabrina How personalized lives with her is it? Aunts. She lives with her aunts in a sick Victorian house. And that is pretty constant across. Every iteration of the character. She lives with her two aunts in a really cool Victorian house. It's specified uh, by other characters that it is great because their aunts are rich. They are rich by selling antiques because they are a bajillion years old. Mm-hmm. And in the cartoon, again, it's a nice house. They are rich because they're, they're witches and they have no monetary needs. Uh, in the in the uh, Chilling Adventures show, they live in an old Victorian that they've just lived in forever, and they're immortal, and they have no material needs because they're witches. The only material need they have is to kill each other over and over. In the ABC show, uh, Zelda and Hilda both have, like, regular jobs. And Zelda works at uh, the coffee shop. Zelda works at the coffee shop, and Hilda is a concert violin- or violinist or celloist mm-hmm. or something like that. Which are two jobs that you cannot support a Victorian house on. Nope. But anymore. Maybe back in the 90s. Eh, maybe in sitcoms 90s. Didn't support anything then. But they also specify in that show that they just sell all their... They're like, I didn't know it was worth it. But I realized it was worth like $100 million from mortal people, so we just sold it on eBay. And that's that's how they get their money. Like, it's canon. That's what they say. Oh, witches. But anyway, it's not really her dig so much as it's her aunt's, and she just like has a room in the house. And, you know, a Victorian house, like... You know, there's a Victorian house down the street from me that I could technically afford. That's super sweet. So, you know, if I can have it, I don't know if I could compare it to very favorably against, like, a volcano lair, a cool invisible sex tower. So we never actually recorded the invisible sex cow tower episode. No one's going to get that one. Yeah, Merlin the Merlin the magician from Arthurian legend ends his days in an invisible sex tower where a nymph comes and has sex with him every night. It's uh That's his deeply way. worrying. Or under a rock depending. Yeah. Some in some versions he's just trapped under a boulder forever. Or in the or in a lake. Or in a lake, or in a tree, or in a crystal cave. Compared against invisible sex tower, personal dimension, sultan's palace, all the various things that a wizard can have. I'd say that these digs don't rate too, too highly, but I, do, I would say they don't rate too low either. I think they're right at the bottom. No, 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 no. I'd say the bottom is like, actually, you know what? Let's let's take this time to hatch this out. If a wizard lives in, a, in like a cave, is that better or worse than a house? It's better because normal people have houses. I see. So we're rating digs on level of normalcy to wizardliness. Yeah. I'm okay with this rating system. A wizard cave? (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So we're going to rate these digs on level of wizardliness. So if we're looking at it from that point of view, I do think an old Victorian house that's kind of like a Salem witchy kind of house is still better than just a regular house or an apartment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I could see something worse like, you know, um, Madame Mim's like grass hut. 
that's way on the bottom. I would I would honestly put a apartment or condo as the least wizardly place to live. Oh man, those charmed witches are going to get it from us. Those charmed witches are going to get both fucking barrels. But uh, I would put this several steps above. I'm going to give it a four. I I'm going to give it a five out of thirteen cantrips. Oof, I was felt generous with the four. I was almost going to go for three. Well, let's compromise and call it a four overall. All right. All right, right. so four on digs. So most of her power comes from her magic, which is very good. Better than pretty much all the other wizards we've raided so far. 11 points for magic, two points for hat, four points for digs, for a total of 18 points out of 39. So pretty good. Middle of the road. Uh, She's an iconic wizard, and we don't want to do any witch erasure here. Let's be honest. She's Sabrina the Teenage Witch. She probably gets, I'm going to say this. Sabrina the adult witch, like 500 years from now, we check in her on her. You can have way better spells, probably a better hat, and definitely better digs. It's just that she's a teenage witch. She basically lives with her guardian. She's it's like a bedroom. And that's it. Everyone kind of sucks when they're a teenager. That's just a law of the universe. It's no different for witches. I had a bedroom and I just painted it black and put a bunch of glow in the dark stars on it because I was, you know, a teenage wizard. I wore a photographer's vest, a straw hat, and cargo shorts. And sandals. All the time. Sweatpants and sandals. All the time. All the time. All the time. Because I was I was an Amish person on safari. I was someone's anime fan art of someone who draws anime fan art. I looked like the kid in the Revenge of the Nerds movies who gets wedgied so hard that he dies. And I, I had an awful neck beard. And that's who I was. That's who I was. I was the president of my high school's anime club. I had a Walt Disney mustache. Oh, no. I have to see this. Oh, you cannot see it. No, Jordan, you must. You must send me a picture. There's only one picture left. Do it. I have it. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, that's where we're at for that. Teenage wizards. Teenage wizards. By the way, she would totally beat Jafar in a fight. She would kick Jafar's ass up and down the court, Jesus. It's not hard to kick Jafar's ass. Jafar just be like, oh, hold on a minute, I have the right artifact to just... And she would turn magic. him into, like, a, a ball of wax or a chair that was always screaming. The only advantage that he would have is maybe if the artifact that Jafar is looking for is Sabrina. Yeah, he would have researched her ahead of time. That might, like, he would have found a way to, like, use her for his evil deeds. Like, he might be able to trick her. I feel like she she gets tricked a lot, like, a lot. Yeah, but she would, like, only for, like, half an hour, and then she stops being tricked. And then she gets ironic revenge on him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Sabrina would win. Uh, Let's go to our next segment. Can I put this on my van? Should I put this on my van? I think Sabrina would be pretty sweet on a van. Yeah, with her like sitting on her broom, legs dangling off the side, the hat on, Salem sitting on the front, uh, like a trail of sparkles. I think that would be a sick van. Like a purple van too? Oh yeah, no, that would definitely do it. Add a little bit of femininity to this uh, this normal van wizards, which are mostly Ooh, not. I think she's pointing her finger up at the front of the van and there's like a trail of sparkles and it goes all the way to the headlight. And then like the headlights, like maybe they're tricked out so they can like do color changing stuff. That sounds pretty sweet. Like, on, you know how you put the glow thing? You put the glow thing underneath? Oh, the under, the, the yeah, the glowing undercarriage. Yeah, that's that's where I'm looking at for that. Absolutely. Oh, maybe 
would it be like i think the inside would be custom too for this van right i mean like what would you customize i'm thinking full mystery machine interior like beaded curtains you've got like comfortable like chairs inside that kind of a thing and um i think there's like a cauldron in the middle like that like bubbles and like has like fake fake mist and smoke coming out of it that's like a drink cooler i'm thinking like maybe some uh like sweet uh I don't remember where I'm going with this now. Never mind. I think mud flaps on the back wheels, but instead of like a sexy lady on the mud flap, um, it's Harvey Kinkle's outline, and he's like reclining. Oh no, that makes it sound like it's dead. Um, well, no, because the the sexy lady on the mud flaps are like a big truck. Are they are not dead sexy ladies? I'm thinking that maybe like it's got like like a little like cauldron in there. You think? Like maybe a cauldron, and she uses a pencil holder up in the front, like not an actual cauldron. Oh, absolutely! Uh, like the like the cauldron that she has in her in her uh, bedroom that she uses as a pencil holder, the little cast iron one. In yeah, the series. exactly. She gets it as a birthday present when she turns sixteen. Yeah, and she uses it throughout the whole series. It comes up surprisingly often. At one point, she traps a magical cold in there using uh, cellophane. The cup holders are definitely cauldrons. Yeah, hundred percent, a million percent. So, the van is exterior. Sabrina is on the is on the side riding a broom and a hat. Salem on the front, sparkle shooting out of her fingers that go to the headlights. The headlights are color-changing headlights. It's got a, it's got a glowing undercarriage. Mud, the mud flaps on the back of the wheels are Harvey Kinkle, uh, like reclining like the sexy lady would on a, on a big, big rig truck. The interior is like beaded curtains, leather chairs, a bubbling cauldron in the middle for a drink cooler, and up in the front, the, the, the cup holders are cauldrons as well. Oh, and the windshield wipers? They're brooms. Oh, they gotta be brooms. They gotta be brooms. This is a sick van. And the van flies. I just, the I just van. Add that. <laughs> van flies. Uh, wonderful. And so, uh, our final segment is: Was it worth it? Was her power worth it? Yeah. We sum up the downsides of being this wizard and of having these powers, and we ask: Was it worth it? I'm gonna go with a resounding no. Everything that Sabrina Spellman wants in life is not to be a witch. Like. She wants to be friends with her friends and not have to deal with weird witch stuff where she puts on a sweater, her boobs get huge, and she wants to just hang out with Harvey and have a normal life. Wizard stuff is just always coming in between her and that. Like, when have we ever gone and seen a uh, Sabrina Teenage Witch that's like, oh, I need to use my powers for power's sake or to defend, you know, this or that? She basically just wants to, like, the only thing she ever uses it for is to try to get her normalcy back or to do things that her friends should do. So there is one recent comic uh, that's a new Sabrina where she is living a fairly normal life and sometimes is using magic a little bit for shenanigans. And it turns out that, like, the other students at her school are getting transformed into horrible monsters and she has to do a big power up to, like, defeat defeat them and save them. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that comic, I it, it starts out really fun. A lot of people really like it. Personally, I like the slice of life goofiness way better than like actual adventuring in my comics for a lot of stuff. Like I like adventuring comics, but if I'm going into Sabrina the Teenage Witch, I want slice of life goofiness with magic or, you know, I I enjoy the TV show with the weird chilling adventures, but that's a whole different thing. That is one time she has done that and she uses all these magical artifacts that her aunts have to do a big power up 
and turn Salem into like a kick-ass tiger with wings. Isn't kick-ass tiger with wings one of the powers that they get at wizard school in Adventure Time? It is, yeah. Well, there's tiger eyes, there's glorious wings, and there's like hand sword. Yeah. <laughs> Splendiferous wings. Splendiferous wings, yes. I just, I'm just, I'm just sitting there going like, is that like a core spell that across multiple universes for, for <laughs> magic? Is that you become a flying tiger? I mean, if it isn't, it should be. My summation. So, Sabrina... In the comedy version, she can't see her mom unless she'll turn into a big ball of wax. She keeps getting herself into trouble with all her spells. She wants to be normal. She wants to have a normal life and fall in love. But the magic gets in the way or she gets greedy or impatient to use magic when she should really use, um, you know, human waiting and and skills and that kind of thing. Yeah, so pretty much it only just messes her up. So I think in in that world, she's definitely not worth it. And then into the, the scary version of Sabrina, it's even worse. In the goofy version... She messes herself up. She drives away her boyfriend. She has to, like, mine him out of her head. She um, she has this weird cat that's, like, a horny little dude who's, like, a horny little dictator. Who, like, is her best friend who wants sandwiches all the time. Consistently, accidentally, like, changes herself or her friends or curses herself into another dimension. All sorts of stuff like that. And in the horror version, let's talk about that. She's expected to go to hell when she dies. She Her soul is consigned to Satan. Like, her friends get, like, murdered and cursed and blinded and shit like that. And, like, it's, it's pretty dark and weird. But she does – she's able to resurrect her other witches. She's able to do all sorts of crazy magic. She um, saves somebody from a mining collapse. All sorts of stuff like that. Uh, but again, she mostly just wants to kind of be normal and not be affected by this witch- wizard magic. Also, all those problems probably happen because of her magic in the first place or being in that magical life. Uh, some do, some don't. If she weren't uh, involved with it, like most mortals probably aren't affected by this stuff all the time. She does also use magic to fuck up some rapists. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Whether she's in the goofy version or in the horror version, her magic causes all sorts of problems for her and rips her into weird adventures and she just wants to be normal. But she still, you know, has cool adventures with her magic. But here's the thing. She can freeze time and rip open holes in space. She can transform shit. She can ride around on a broom. She's fucking immortal. It's totally worth it. It's absolutely worth it. It's worth it because she has sick magic powers. Yes, I will say 100% worth it. She has seen sights neither one of us will ever or can ever see in all incarnations. Are you implying that we're not wizards, Maxion? I'm implying that the listeners to this podcast are not wizards, Jordismo. Okay, just making sure that that sounded like a slight, because I've seen like 10 dimensions today on the way <laughs> this podcast. Oh, I see five dimensions before I finish taking my morning dukes. Yeah, but Just, uh... just making sure. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that for us, like I take that deal in a minute. Like, Yeah, 100%. But for Sabrina... No, I don't think she's happier. I think she's sadder because of magic. If she could just be a normal teenage girl with normal teenage parents that weren't turning into balls of wax and stuff, she'd totally be happier and she wouldn't have to be dragged into all this. So I guess we'll just have to disagree to agree. I meant the other way around. Agree to disagree. Well, Jordismo, I think I will agree to disagree. All right. Well, then. Minus one wizard point for both of us. Oh. Agreement isn't how wizards work. It's true. It's only by contentious wizard battle that anything gets done. As for contentious wizard battle, we'll see you next time here on Wizard Boys when we talk about Abracadaniel. Oh man, you're just you're gonna make an assumptive close on that one, huh? Absolutely we will. Wow, all right. Until I, then I admire Chutzpah. 
<laughs> what can I say? I am magnificent. We'll foresee you next time on Wizard Boys. Our theme song is Valborg Vals by Borg. You can find Borg on their Bandcamp. That's B-O-R-G. The jingles used in Wizard Boys are created by Mess and Finesse Studios in Somerville, Massachusetts. You can find them at messandfinesse.com.